Peppermints and post. <laughs> the, the names are getting progressively worse. <laughs> Peppermints and postcards, starring Ella Cannon and Christopher Russell. The worst what? kind of candy meets the worst kind of mail. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's it, dude. <laughs> Circus peanuts, <laughs> Jiffy Lubats. It's like it, it's it's circus peanuts and prayer chain emails. We are back with another episode of Growing Up Christian. I'm Sam. I'm Casey. And Casey, we're going to talk about my night for a second because uh, I found, oh my God, I found one of the greatest television shows of all time. And it's mind boggling that we don't know about this. If you already know about it, I'll kill myself live on air. I don't care. <laughs> 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 because I we would have talked about it if you knew about it. I, it's shocking uh, that this is a show, and I watched some of it, and holy fucking shit, man! I cannot wait to talk about it. Uh, but before that, I found it tonight, uh, and uh, we'll get into we'll, okay. We'll piggyback on why in a second, but I did want to bring this up too because so my kids, uh, eight and five, very much they, they love they they were playing checkers tonight. Um, they, uh, but they, my daughter has been learning how to play chess and she, it's tough. You know, chess is a strategic game. It's not a, it's not an easy game for eight year olds to play, but she really enjoys it. She's been getting better at it. Um, and while they're playing checkers and whatever, it made me think of, uh, the last time that they were playing chess was with, um, I forget who was playing. It might've been, it might've been my daughter in, in my foster son. Um, so they're, they're playing chess. My father, I think everyone who's a regular listener knows what my foster son, he's 20 years old now. He's been with us for on and off since he was 10. Um, now he's 20. Uh, he's, he permanently moved in with us when he was 16 years old. Uh, so that's just a little bit of the back, uh, the preface. Um, my kids, only remember him living with us uh neither of them have recall a time where he had moved in they it's just as far as they know he's their big brother he's lived with us their entire lives that's their only recollection at this point and um but what's funny is you know we don't we don't have a ton of like race conversations right my foster son's black we don't have a lot of race conversations it's just kind of like you know it's normal for them to have their older brother's black they don't really I don't know. We don't, it doesn't come up a lot, but, um, it's what, but so when they play chess, my daughter's just like, you know, white always goes first. Uh, and, and my foster's like, yeah, yeah, of course. Yep. No, I get it. White goes first. That makes sense. And, uh, she's like, why are you saying that? And he's like, I'm just saying white goes first, but black's better. Black's definitely better. Uh, but white does go first, but black is better, but white goes first. And she's like, I don't understand what you're saying. Like, why are you doing this? It seems like forced. She doesn't get it. Um, 
and he just keeps rolling with it. And after like 10 minutes of him trying to like make these jokes about how like he likes to be black, uh, he likes to go, but wishes black could go first, whatever. He's just rolling with these jokes for a while. Like me and my wife are laughing about it. And then all of a sudden my six year old, he's just son. He's like, wait a second. Are you saying that because you're black? <laughs> and I That's like the hardest I've seen my foster son laugh in so long. Like we all lost it. We thought it was the funniest fucking thing. He finally, he made the connection. He got, he, he picked up on the joke and we were dead, man. It was How old is he? He's six. And he's man. like, wait, are you saying that because you're black? <laughs> <laughs> this is a sharp kid yeah and he didn't mean black as in black and chess <laughs> right he got it if he, he figured it out which was really funny uh anyway so that i thought about that while they were playing chess but while they were playing chess is when i uh so my wife and i had been watching on netflix the lincoln lawyer that's one of the worst names for a television show i've probably ever heard uh, but i do like the show there's some like cheesiness to it there's some corny ass characters but overall it sucks me in it's i I guess i could say it's a guilty pleasure but i don't know i just like it whatever it's there's some hokiness to it but it's it's fun courtroom dramas are fun and then you watch like the way like legal shit plays out it's all fascinating you know guilty or innocent doesn't matter everyone does their best job to either prosecute or defend it's just some fun elements to it having a good time with it so i googled tonight uh courtroom dramas because i feel like we watched a lot for a while um there's some british ones that my wife and i watched and we had some fun uh going through some of those and i'm like we're always looking for a new show that we'll both like because i like a lot of shit that she doesn't she likes shit i don't um but we like to always have at least a show that we're watching together so i google courtroom drama tv show uh and the internet delivered uh have you heard of a show called Gary Busey Pet Judge? Yeah, I have you heard have? of it. No way! <laughs> you have to bud to wire yourself now. Now I have to kill myself <laughs> on the podcast. Fuck. Yeah, oh I, haven't, I haven't watched it. I've seen clips of it, though. Wow. I, I was... I, since I haven't actually seen it like on anything, I wasn't 100% sure that it wasn't just like a, a skit. Yeah. Feels more like it should be. So I watched most of the first episode tonight. I think the most notable thing about Gary Busey in it is he looks like Jane Lynch if she was an even bigger lesbian. <laughs> like if Jane Lynch went like went like full blown butch, for lack of a better term she would then it would it would have transfigured into Gary Busey in this. He looks terrible. Now I actually think Jane Lynch <laughs> looks great. So Okay, yeah, more, there you go. Walk that back. More now. of an indictment. No, she, Jane Lynch is fine. It's more of an indictment on Gary Busey looking like an older lesbian woman. It's he looks bad. Uh so Gary Busey not looking great. The I swear he like, to He's old. I mean he's old. Yeah, yeah. He's old and he like lobotomized himself with like a Honda Shadow at some point. <laughs> I'm gonna find a still of him in it to put for the when we publish this episode. I, that's what I'll do. Cause 
Dude, he just he looks ridiculous. And it I it feels like a show where they did everything in one take. Like he stutters. He 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 mumbles his words and they don't there was no retakes. He's just like it, and then he says it and you're like, why am I, why am I, why it feels like the worst produced show I've ever seen. And like the humor in it is awful. Uh, it feels like the, so the two, the, the episode I watched, it was um a husband and wife whose cat died and the husband wants to give the cat a, a traditional Viking funeral. So, you know, you put it out on the long boat and you shoot a bow at it and you set it on fire. And the wife has like a, some sort of mausoleum that she wants to put it in. And it's them just like presenting their cases for why. Uh, The concept is actually, I thought conceptually it wasn't a bad premise. Um, I like the idea of putting a dead cat out on a long boat and setting it on fire. That's funny. Um, But, the execution of it was, it was awful. I mean, it was, it's, it's hard to find the words to explain how not funny it was. Uh, there's Did a lot they of actually re- do it. No, no. It's just all in the courtroom. And it's like, okay. It's just repetitive. Like it maybe it just like a wind, came, like a rogue wave knocked it back to shore and it set like a whole bunch of cattails on fire and burned out a, uh, like a national wetlands or something. Right. It could be better that way. But instead, it's just this guy's like, I, I want to do it. And he's like, well, did you did you check with the local environmental agencies to make sure that wasn't going to be a problem? And he's like, yeah, the guy I talked to the guy and he said it was fine. And you're like, yeah. What guy funny. did you talk to? It, dude, it was it's truly <laughs> awful. I honestly did you just like go to the Chamber of Commerce and is like, all right. Hypothetical here. If a guy was to push a boat out into the water and set it on fire. Does that raise it? Like you have to layer in the premise like slowly. I like a candy coating because (laughs) I can't tell if some of it's improvised or scripted. And if it's scripted, that's more embarrassing. I Um, don't think that that guy's capable of scripting anything. Like if you follow, do you follow him on Instagram? I don't, but that, obviously was a mistake and i need to start yeah you should he like the things he says in typical gary Busey fashion like they make no sense and as he's gotten older they've just got like he's just not pronouncing words quite as as succinctly and they're the the sentences are stretched but he's kind of like if you put theo vaughn in like a jerky machine oh my god dude uh did you see that Okay, I don't want to take a, a hard pivot right now, so hold on one second. Put a pin in Theo Vaughn. I think it probably is improv because it looks like Gary is scrambling to find like questions to ask these people uh, for them to just parse out more. And like the conclusion is like, well, why don't you do that? But then before it burns to death, you bury it in the mausoleum. And everyone's like, that sounds like a good idea. And he's like, great. And it's like just not a funny finish. He's like, you know, when if you set it on fire, you know, it might create steam and the steam might uh, make the cat wet and prevent it from burning. It's like it feels like he's trying to say stuff uh, unscripted and he just has no idea. Like I, there's a there's a moment where he's like asking a question 
and it looks like he has no idea what he's about to ask. Uh, and he's just tr- struggling to come up with something. There's some stuttering. And then he asks something not funny that doesn't expand the premise. That's not like some yes and type improv shit. All of it is it's it's truly, truly one of the worst things I've ever watched. And I'm really looking forward to watching some more of it when yeah, it's like and only like, when I'm abusing substances. His His brain functions like a couple of dolphins like pushing idea balls around. Yeah. And some of them just drift out to sea and never, never connect. No, they, it's clear in the show that they don't. So everyone should, uh, I tried. So when I found it, it was like, it was, I could only find it to purchase on Amazon, but, uh, the two worst streaming networks of all time managed to make that one available for free. If you want to find it on Pluto or Tubi. Whatever the <laughs> is it Tubi? That one's bullshit, dude. Tubi's bullshit. And Pluto, Pluto's so fucking stupid that like you open it and it automatically starts playing live TV. For that's their thing. It's like it's live TV. You're like I don't. Oh, just what everybody wants. Yeah, because that we've all cut the cord <laughs> so we can spend three hundred dollars a month on bullshit subscription services so we can get live TV. But when you open the app, it automatically starts playing something. Uh, and it's not fun. You, you can't make it. I'm like trying to f- pause it. There's no, you can't pause it. It's, it's as live. It's like, it's like, Hey, let's go back to 1998 when you couldn't stop your TV from doing stuff for a second. So you can get a snack. <laughs> it's so stupid. Like, thank God I had, thank God I had Tubi so I can watch like good morning America. Like I'm eating breakfast at the Hampton Inn. Yeah. I, what what am I supposed to do without Fox and friends? How am I supposed to know how to think? How am I supposed to <laughs> enjoy like people who watch Fox and friends, like wake up in the morning and think that they're actually hanging out and having breakfast with their friends. Yeah. Seriously. Uh, they, just that wonderful flow of stories where it's like, you know, and you, you catch like the closing bit of like a different of a discussion. And it's like, and so, you know, like, in a lot of ways, slavery was beneficial to yeah. uh, <laughs> Americans. Coming up, yeah. uh, yep. doorbell camera catches a, a little kid saluting the flag on his way up to knock. It's like it's, <laughs> it's like the flow of their content. It's terrible. It uh, but anyway, I put a pin in Theo Vaughn when you mentioned it because Theo Vaughn recently had Tucker Carlson on his podcast. Did you watch oh, it? Oh, yeah, I saw it. I saw some clips from it. I I meant to watch it and I haven't. I just haven't yet. It was honestly hard to watch. Okay, Theo Vaughn is not a smart man. Um he might say things occasionally where you're like, "Okay, that's an interesting take," but it's mostly an interesting take out of ignorance, I feel like. Uh I don't think the conversation between the two but what was funny in the clip that circulate circulating around a good bit is when they they start talking about cocaine and using cocaine but tucker really tries to like walk a fine line there without like implicating himself too much with his like conservative religious right audience but what i gathered from what i watched of that interview which wasn't a ton of it it was probably like 30 minutes that i watched was that tucker is probably not real. like there you can always gather at some point like that like, you know, what Tucker was doing for Fox News was like, this is what he had. Like, this is his his niche. Uh, he's probably not authentic. He's not a real like he's not an honest actor in any of this. 
Um, but then I learned about his history from other things and I'm like, well, he's kind of just a shitty like chameleon. He's just a piece of shit with no morals and values that just does what he needs to do to be successful. Um, and it's worked, but he kind of let his guard down a bit on Theo's podcast. And I think that's, what's neat about what Theo does is he's so dumb that he lets other like, I more- don't think he's dumb. He's just like, he's playing a character. I think I don't like mm-hmm. nobody listens to him. Think like people don't listen to him in the same way that they listen to like shows where they're expecting like some big discussion, you know, of like out of the box idea. Like they listen to him thinking, you don't know what he's going to say. It's going to be yeah. weird and probably funny. Yeah, he's but, very funny when he's with his statements. I just I don't think he's a very intellectual person. And I I, I just from what I've seen, I just go that was an in, but he that allows him to pose questions in a very like normy fashion. Uh and it also lets people like I was saying bring their guard down. And I think he really dropped Tucker's guard and you could see Tucker trying to catch himself without saying too much, but wanting to engage in a conversation with like just a fun dude talking about the happenings of show business. Right. Like, I don't know. It was a really interesting conversation. I feel like you got more out of that than you would. If someone like John Stewart sat down to interview Tucker, where he would be like full guard. He's just talking to some goofball with a mullet and he got into it, man. Like, I, I, there were moments where I forgot I hated Tucker Carlson. <laughs> he's, he's a weird guy. I don't know exactly what his deal is. He almost seems like he's awkward. He's sort of just like out to burn things is kind of what it feels yeah. like now. Cause like he's, he, he's, he's strange. Cause he'll, he'll take like a contrarian stance on things that are like very acceptable, normative conservative positions and people and like he'll actually like poke the bear a little bit in that sense but then he also does things that just make no sense where you're like you know he he can't possibly think that this con artist that says he had sex with obama back in the 90s is legitimate like the guy is like obviously just a a con man looking for another 15 minutes on screen right and but i i think he just likes causing chaos to some extent, you know, and he knows what gets clicks. I mean, that's, that's a part yeah, of it too. I, I think it's like just the moneymaker having this like completely absurd guy on to like make these insane claims gets all the, you know, basically free advertising on like every normal news outlet. Right. Yeah. I think he's ultimately a valueless person. Um, I don't think he has real values. I think he just, he doesn't seem to have guilt or shame. I think he just is. I don't think any of them have that. No, they don't. I think that's a fair point. I don't think most. He's just better at exploiting it. And he, yeah. I mean, that's what, that's, that's what it is. They're all the same. Like it's the same with him as it is with, I mean, you know, uh, Anderson Cooper is not much different than Tucker Carlson. He's just not as good at turning it into money. Right. Who's the one that said he was in the helicopter that took fire? Oh, yeah. Was that Dan Rather? Yeah, I think it was Dan Rather. Yep. It's it like, was one of those. But you're just like, what was that for? 
Why did you do that? Why did you feel like you had to like tell that story and spin that yarn? You're just like, dude. With with so many people that could integrity. contradict you. Right. That is crazy to be a public facing person like that and to blatantly lie when there's so many people who can call you to the carpet on that. I don't know. I think I mean, for just, those guys who are older, like those older dudes, like they just never had to really worry about it all that much. Like, have you seen videos of Biden talking like back in the 90s? Like there's there's one that that was going around a while back of him. Like he's talking. Yo, yo, he's yo, like, what's up, fellow kid? <laughs> yeah, no. And this one, he's like he got tries a reporter to that's ask, well, he's asking him second. like some. <laughs> I'm sure that exists, but he's like being asked some like pointed questions about something in particular. And he's get You could tell he's like irritated at the reporter. And so he just starts like sounding off about like his academic record and like how smart he is and stuff. And it's like none of it is true. Like he talks about like his college transcripts and things. It's like, yeah, this this is totally false. But there was nobody to call him. On that kind of stuff. But I just think that's what they did. Like, dude, even if yeah. it wasn't false, I can't think if you're in an argument and someone says something and you don't have a good response and your go to is to talk about your college degrees, you're wrong and you know nothing about what they're talking about. Like, that is the, like, that's, it's just not an actual argument. Like, oh, how dare you question me on that? I went to Harvard. It's like, so answer the fucking question then, dude, if you're so fucking smart. Yeah, I don't even remember what the context of the question was, but it was like he went like full Kenny Powers with it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. (laughs) If if you if your reaction to a question is to recite your credentials, then you don't know what you're talking. Then you're just you're obviously wrong. You haven't thought about it, and you just that's a just a defensive move to make yourself not look like a total asshole, which doesn't work. There is a real art to being a good liar and knowing that. And it's like you can be really good at selling lies, but like you also have to be able to like keep track of your lies and know like where the boundaries are. Some people are really good at lying, but they don't they aren't good at like determining whether they have the room or not. Like a college friend. <laughs> yeah. Where every you like thought he was the coolest guy in the world for a year and a half, and then you realize that he made up so much of what he said. You're just like, oh, it's starting to come together now. It's nothing exactly said is true. Yeah, they don't keep track. They're just it's too in the moment. They're telling in the moment lies uh, that works for like a shallow audience that doesn't have rapport or haven't known them and listened to their stories for several years. But well, and like yeah, like part of being like being a a respectable a respectably good liar is you you should lie about things that get that you get something out of like if you're going to go out on a limb and sell a lie like you better at least have a point to it and like get something out of it like if you just walk into any room and start making up a backstory for yourself like you're going to get caught yeah yeah <laughs> these are all hypotheticals I'm not saying that I like I don't like people who lie all the time, but at least be good at it. You know, yeah, I, I like you insofar <laughs> as I don't know you're lying. So keep it up, baby. and You'll be the coolest person ever. The dangerous ones are the ones that work you individually. 
Yeah. I mean, like you're they, in sales, got- so you, you get it, man. You've, that's, that's the business. You just lie to people and, and, and take their money. So you, well, yeah, I mean, it, that's, I mean, yeah, I mean, that's, that is the goal and that is what I do on a daily basis. If I was more successful at it, maybe I wouldn't have time to do this show. Yeah. You were, uh, <laughs> if, you were if you were more successful at it, you would have stuck with sales instead of being a sales manager. Being a sales manager is for people who can like, you know, organize their folders on their uh, computer, but they, you know, don't have it in them. Just do that 10 hour a day grind and have bullshit conversations endlessly. I, you know, it's like, it's disturbingly accurate. Yeah. <laughs> I can manage this. It's like, I can, I can manage a bunch of liars and, but I just can't, I can't like participate in it the same way that I used to when I was young. I mean, I just remember when I, even when I barely was a salesperson and sold Cutco knives in my freshman year of college, it was like, holy shit. Like the, the amount of your life force that is drained from doing some phone calls to strangers and then having to show up and do a presentation and you're like, I hope this convinces them. But at the same time, the, the the entire time in the back of your mind, you're like, I'm not selling it. I'm not selling it. I'm wasting my time. I'm not making money. It's like the worst <laughs> fucking feeling. It is. It it definitely is just draining. Yeah, like making cold calls is just, it's like once in a while you have like a triumphant moment where you're on top of the world and everything seems great. And you're like, Oh my God, I did so good on that. Like we're going to get all this business now, this and that and the other. But then like nine times out of 10, you're just being treated like human scum. Yeah. Even if, even if you're not like trying to explain, you're not trying to exploit anybody. You're literally bringing something that would help the person that you're talking to, but they still treat you like, like you're just trying to like, get your fingers around their wallet chain while they're, uh, you know, asking about the fish picture on their shelf. (laughs) (laughs) I I mean, look, to be fair, you're an actual company selling a real product that has value. Um, I think Cutco Knives was legitimately a fine company to work for. Uh, They weren't a Cutco's. They're all right. they they, They weren't a pyramid scheme and they would incentivize their people. It was commission. They had a lot of great incentives to get you into it. You're like, if you, if you're the top seller every month, they had like prizes for top sellers. There were vacations. They were great things. They, they they were fine to work for. Um, you just have to be a salesman personality. And I wasn't, so I just was miserable. Um, but when I worked for civic development group and there was no incentive, it was just base pay, no commission. You're a loser calling losers. It was just rough. Um, but there was a, there, you would always cold call, but the, the, when you, um, when I would, there was a, uh, you would show up some days and be like, you're on, you're on like, you know, the initial cold calls. Most of the time you would show up and you would do the, uh, the calls that were like, you would just do the, the regular ass pitch. Uh, but some days you would get into work and they'd be like, Hey, you're on, I forget what the, I forget the term for it was, but, um, this was a time where no one was giving their credit cards over the phone or anything. They would commit to, they would, they would commit to a certain amount and you would mail out the, the mailer to them and they would send back a check. So there was a, um, 
there were days that I would go to work and your only job that day was to just, you would just be given, you, you'd run through the list of people who committed, but never sent back that mailer with the check. So it was like, Hey, we, we I know we, I know you got it. Like it was mailed to you on such and such a date. Uh, just want to make sure everything's all right. And you're still ready to honor your commitment. And fuck man that was the absolute bottom of the barrel worst because the amount of people who suck yeah dude there are people who were like oh yeah i'm happy to give five hundred dollars and they you would send them out the mail and you they wouldn't send it in you'd call back and you'd be like yeah you pledged five hundred dollars to support such and such i just wanted to make sure everything's all right and we can still expect that that commitment from you and they're like Dude, I fucking lied to your face to get you off the phone. Go fuck yourself. And then they'd hang up. And you're like, All right. I hate my life more than I did before I started the shift, more than I did when I took this job. Like, it's just an escalation. And hey, just you're, being you're starting miserable. ahead of the game on that call because they were so like sheepish about telling you no that they lied to you. And now you're in this position. So, it's true. like, they have to, they have to either like, break the cycle and actually tell someone no or you know fork over the money yeah what was the percentage would you say that of people that actually said they would do it oh my god dude i don't know i think by the time we were making calls to have people commit to their pledges it was not good it was just call after call after call of just being dunked on and nothing was worse than like I mean, you would call all over the country, but if your hour, like there was, there was a time of day where you knew, like, look, I'm working at five o'clock. I know for a fact, if I hit a West coast person, they're eating dinner and they're going to just like speak curses into a voodoo doll that they'll give my name and just stab it relentlessly. Like it. They were so hateful. If you called someone during dinner, man, that was the most hateful things I've ever heard in my life is just the response of someone you called. It's like you didn't have to answer the phone. Like, this is more your problem. It's like when you hear your cell phone buzz now and you're like, you just stop listening to the people around you and engaging in the real world just to see what that notification is. That's your fucking problem. And that was like phone ringing at dinner time for boomers during peak telemarketing hours. It's like that's it's the same fucking thing. Oh man! But now, see now, knowing what you know now, and being like the midlife cynic that that we are, wouldn't you love to just go spend a day calling boomers and trying to weasel them out of money <laughs> for police departments? <laughs> now, dude, you'd probably they probably do pretty well now. Uh, oh. The problem is if like if you could hit I don't I'm, I'm I actually wonder how that industry works now because there's so few landlines. Um, oh, can we do one? Yeah, <laughs> let's just do one. Okay, I'll be the I'll be the no. salesperson. Not to, no, this is insanity. <laughs> be so fun. I'm so mad at you for putting. I'll be the down. salesman. You be the 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 home the home audience. Do the I target. like Do I like cops or do I hate them? I'm a boomer. Yeah, I love cops. You're a boomer. Yeah. All right. I'm a boomer. Let me get into it. Boomer. Boomer mode. All right. Okay. So we had some technical difficulties, but uh, Sam is going to be a, uh, a boomer at home watching Matlock reruns. And I am a salesman for our telemarketer calling to just 
milk the money out of him. Okay, bring, bring. Hello? Mr. Samuelson. Yeah, who's asking? Oh, this is Casey Gresseth calling on behalf of the Fraternal Order of Wichita Police. How are you doing tonight? I'm doing all right. Doing all right. How are you, uh, how are you cops doing out there? Well, I hope I'm not interrupting anything important. It's a rough but, time uh, for cops out there. You know, I, I keep hearing all this stuff on the news about how tough it is for cops and all these uh, all these young kids just don't respect cops these days. Are you doing oh, all I'm, right? Are you staying I'm, I'm safe sh- out there? You know, Brother? every every day is a is a a new uh, a new set of challenges for sure. But uh, we are soldiering on the men and women who put on that badge every day and risk their lives to keep you safe. We are we are uh, we're we're keeping the faith and we're we're holding the fire. That's for right. sure. But I you know what, Mister Samuelson, just, we, just, we no, need your me, help. Just let me say this real quick. I just got my uh, my thin blue line. Uh, yard ornament. What is it? You need to put the little stakes in the ground. I got that. I a, got that a, from a yard sign. My, yeah, my yard sign for uh, sending in. Yeah, I saved up all my Bud Light box tops, and I was able to to uh, get one sent to me in the mail. So, uh, Mr. Samuelson, I'm I'm happy to hear that you are a you're a great American and a true patriot, and uh, you know. I, I appreciate your support for the police, but the police need your support more than ever right now with what's going on. You know, Absolutely. The, uh, Absolutely. There, there are factions within this country, and I don't think I have to tell you what color they run, but uh, there are blue factions in this country that want to outlaw freedom and outlaw law enforcement. Do you know what I mean? Uh, yes, I know exactly what you mean. I, so now uh, more- my daughter is dating a black man, so I know exactly <laughs> what you're talking about. Well, now more than ever, we need to count on your support, support of people like you, great Americans like you, Mr. Samuelson. And and I'll tell you what, our men and women in blue, those 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 brave men and women that that put on the uniform every day and stand in front of bullets for you, for you so that you can go down to the, the department store and buy your lottery scratchers with uh, with, uh, you know, total confidence that you're going to be safe. Those men and women they need your help, and they need help of a of a financial variety. Well, I'm happy. I'm I'm always here to support the police. Whatever you need, you just tell me. I'm happy to do it. You need me to you need me to go down there and shake your hands. Do you need me to wear a pin on my blue collar? I I would I'm, really appreciate that, Mister Samuelson. And it's, and it's funny that you bring up pins because with uh with a recurring donation of 19.99 or more per month, mm. we are sending out a. Uh, a first First Amendment freedoms, you know, protect the innocent uh, commemorative lapel pin, and uh, that goes to all of our uh, of our, you know, ongoing subscribers that that support the police in a in a, a perpetual nature. Twenty dollars a month. That is uh, that's cheaper than my Netflix subscription. Netflix, we we know goddamn well isn't keeping me or this country safe. You know the pro- Netflix there's you know they have an entire section on Netflix for LGBTQ cat it's a whole category for LGBTQ media. I don't look this country is just it's not what it used to be and I'm happy to pay that $20 a month and wear that lapel pin. You know I don't know exactly what they're doing on Netflix because uh you know I just watched season 1 of Homeland over and over again in a loop but I I believe it. I believe that there's just that kind of filth 
on Netflix. And it's funny you should say that, you know, it is a small sacrifice to make a perpetual donation, but, um, you know, for, for $99.95 perpetual donation or more per month, we are also sending out, in addition to the lapel pin, we are sending out our bumper sticker, which shows that you, you know, first and foremost, you support our men and women in blue. Oof, uh, can I well, count on you? Can the men and women of Wichita PD, can they uh, count on your perpetual ninety nine ninety five donation? I do support, the, but 70, an extra $70 a month for one bumper sticker is a lot. Is there any way you could throw in like the full series of uh, The Shield with Michael Chiklis? <laughs> you guys have that on deck. I'm, I'm like, I'm here for it because you can't get that anywhere anymore. And I think that's worth, I think that's, that'd be worth it. And I mean, it's, that's a goddamn good cop show, right? You know, absolutely. There's a little bit of bend in the rules, but it's for the greater good. And I, I always appreciate that. Unless of course, uh, is there a, is there a bumper sticker that comes with a DUI uh, immune? Uh, Im, uh, be immune? Uh, am I, can I be immune from getting pulled over for a DUI? Is well, look, Mister Samson, I can't promise you anything, but I'll tell you this: uh, our men and women in law enforcement, they 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 take care of those who take care of them. I'll just mm. say that. Um, if you do plan to drive drunk, it's it's not going to hurt your case to have a. Uh, Wichita Fraternal Order of Police sticker, you know, on your on your vehicle. And and while we don't have copies of the shield, uh, we do have seasons uh, 1992 through 1998 of cops available for free digital download to all of our all of our donation, uh, our, our contributors who who pledge, you know, up to one forty nine ninety five per month. That's in pretty perpetuity. good. I mean, that's that's before the woke years, so I'm, I'm so. Oh, don't I know it? Don't I'm I know sold. it? You can count on me for that ninety nine, ninety five per month. I would, before the woke years, yeah, I would have loved the shield, but I get that bumper sticker that prevents me from getting DUIs. I've, I'm already, I, I do, I go through a twelve pack of Bud Light a night. I, I could use the extra, the extra protection. You could use my support. I think this all really works hey, out well. Ninety nine, ninety five per month is is very generous, and that shows a lot of support. But let me ask you this: Are you a married man, Mister Samuelson? Uh, yeah, uh, this is my. I'm on my fifth marriage now. Yep. Do your wife and do you and your wife do you guys always get along? Oh no, that bitch is such a fucking cunt. I <laughs> sorry. Well, for two forty nine ninety five a month, <laughs> we can you know, you, we can you, give you the bumper sticker that you immunizes you, you from you... domestic abuse charges. <laughs> This bit is blown. It was an accident. She ran into my, is that the, uh, is that the, it was an accident. She ran into my fist bumper sticker. <laughs> yeah, it's just like, it's just like a police logo. And it's got like, what do you tell a woman with two black eyes? Oh, you're nothing. You told her twice already. It's just got that on the back of your car. That's yeah. what you get. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> just, just, you're uh, like- she shows up to work They're like where'd you get those that double black guy she's like well my my all my doors have two doorknobs it's <laughs> <laughs> like that's like a joke that uh, <laughs> your uncle that you're not supposed to be alone with tells you yeah. <laughs> <laughs> <They're> like <laughs> 
don't sit on Uncle Ben's lap, okay? Yeah, that's that. <laughs> He's got something like that to tell you. That's the my bitch ex-wife uncle. I yeah, yeah. Everyone has one of those. <laughs> Shit. All right. Well, we did that. Yeah. <laughs> Against my will, but we did it. <laughs> okay, so I have been dying since we did uh since a couple weeks ago, we cracked into the list of uh God, I'm trying to remember what is the name of the network that Oh, Great we American Great Family. American Media, right? Great American Fa- Great American Media? Gam. Great American Family is the name of the of the company, but so it's a new TV channel or streaming service that's uh specifically aimed at you know people who think that Hallmark has 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 leaned to the left a little too hard with their programming. Yeah, a little to the left. Uh, and look, if you go back and listen to the episode a couple of weeks ago, it's obvious subtext. Um, oh, it's um, it's funny because I know that the it's GAC, but it's not. It's like GAC D, like doing business as Great American Media or Great American. Great, it's great American media. That's what it is, um, and they're just more committed to family values than even Hallmark is. And we were going through the roster because um, there was like a how many movies was it? I wish I actually I should have been a little bit better uh, prepared for that. Oh, but, I think it was twenty one. Yeah, or twenty three. Yeah, it, it was in the twenties. Yeah, it was new it, movies. So Candace Cameron Burr is the one who like really signed up. Like she signed on to participate in this company uh into just like they're they're breaking the record for putting out the most christmas movies essentially um we got a little bit more into the backstory of it but uh and that last episode that just casey and i did so we were going through every one of the movies uh that's coming out for christmas and when they're going to air um so far, the first one we're going to start with is going to air on November 24th. So we are still ahead of time and you will be able to catch all of these as they air. Um, I am on the. A, uh, did you know that you can access this through Pure Flix? I just I was while I was trying to like pull up some information <laughs> on it, I just Googled it and saw that it was part of a Pure Flix subscription. That's fucking crazy. Awesome. That's for perfect. 584 a month, but you know, like any great company, it doesn't bill you monthly. <laughs> that means it's, despite it's you you get a free trial and then you're billed $70. So you have to pay a whole year in advance. That's awesome. Actually, that's perfect because they know most people won't cancel. Um they it that is actually a that's a per it, what's so funny about it is they've been um they've been questioned in the media about why they feel the need to move in the direction they did uh, and, you know, shift away from Hallmark. And they're like, well, we're not, we're not saying we're not going to have LGBTQ friendly shows or movies, but like, you know, we're, we're, we're not, not saying that, you know, who knows what the future holds, but they just align themselves with pure flicks. And I think it's pretty safe to say that pure flicks will, um, guarantees that they're not going to have any lgbtq content uh on their uh on their network uh but so each 
each one of these epi- each one of these movies we were just reading through there's like a one or two sentence blurb about the plot um so we were uh, a couple weeks ago just reading through these and uh having a good time talking about them so i can today i we read just you finish uh, that out can i read you their pledge uh, <laughs> yeah i don't know it so i'm excited well it says our pledge to you Great American Pure Flix is committed to bringing you quality movies and programs that celebrate faith, family, and hometown values. With Great American Pure Flix, you can stream clean anytime, anywhere. Hometown values. Do you think that, um, all right, so Pure Flix is. What if you're from Beirut? What if you're from Gaza? They don't care. (laughs) This is for, you know. Uh, this is for just your average American home. You know, they're not interested in anything outside of this country. I think so. Pure Flix is P U R E F L I X. I'm, I, I'd be curious and I may do a search for it just, you know, to validate for research purposes. Um, is there like a, just a P U R F L I X? Uh, domain that like I, I just I'm curious it's whether or not people just like ripped domain names adjacent to pure flicks for the purpose of setting up porn I, I would feel like if anyone would be a target be for that close. it would be pure flicks uh, if anyone decides to do their own research <laughs> go ahead and let us know you can <laughs> message us on our Instagram page and I will for sure get back to you I get my um, phone from my uh, company so well, I can't, I can't research like that. That's because you, you, your company puts covenant eyes on your, uh, on your phone, right? Just <laughs> right. like that. Just like our uh, the new Republican Speaker of the House and his son have their little accountability covenant eyes situation set up. Did you see that? No. Fuck. All right, we'll save that for next week. That is funny as shit, dude. <laughs> All right, uh, let's get into this though, because. Um, you know, time is of the essence. Uh, all right. My Christmas hero. This one is actually starring Candace Cameron Burr and Gabriel Ooh. Hogan. And Cam- Candace is married. And I, I don't, I'm wondering if her acting sensibilities allow her to do a kissing scene with Gabriel. What but, is it? My Christmas hero? Yeah. You can already guess what this is. Is it Jordan about. Peterson? No. <laughs> <laughs> It's no. Santa Claus shows up and it's just Jordan Peterson there to measure your skull. Yeah, he just in Jordan Peterson esque shocking. He's like the the see the children. We're worried about the children. Uh, These bloody this is, liberals. Yeah, <laughs> it's uh, they don't want to put Christ in Christmas. Uh, an Army Reserve doctor, which is Candace tracks down her family's military history with the help of a new romance. Well, sounds awful. Her family's history? Yeah, she's an Army Reserve doctor. Uh, Army Reserve, look, no. <laughs> Maybe that joke's a bridge too far. Uh, <laughs> her tracks yeah, it's down Veterans her... Day, so I know. <laughs> whatever you're going to say, let's, let's uh, measure it. Yeah, I'll, I'll, tone, I'll, I'll walk that back a little bit. Does, uh, her, does her family's history involve, I don't know, a big white two-story house in like southern Alabama? 
that was bought with the GI Bill. <laughs> While the neighboring black family who served 20 years in the military got nothing. <laughs> uh, so her family's military history with the help of a new... So, okay, she meets this guy. Let's track down my family. Like, that's what's so cute is like, it's not just typical family stuff. This uh, that makes sense. It's coming. This one comes out November twenty fourth, uh, just past Veterans Day. It's like, let's have a Christmas movie with a Veterans Day theme. Or we, it's not your typical like. Let's track down my family history. It's it's strictly about military history. Uh, it's, it's it's World War. Interesting II. to think the idea that it goes that like military families go that far back. I mean, I guess they do. I guess you could say that ever my father and my grandfather and my grandfather's father, they were, they were all United States Marines, whatever. Well, it's, you find value it's in definitely that. from like the history that they draw upon is definitely probably, I, I would assume it's from world war two, uh, the civil war or possibly like the revolutionary war. I bet it's it one goes of those back. three. Like it's not like you know the Spanish American War. Like my my uh, great great grandfather like rounded up civilians in the Philippines, you yeah, know, goes, or yeah. like I, I my, my great great grandfather was <laughs> was a, was a part of a massacre in like Vietnam. Uh, yeah. so he he was at my life. <laughs> I don't know. I bet it goes back to that cool story that in the Civil War that we always heard about where like on Christmas Day, they stopped fighting to exchange gifts before they blew each other's brains out 12, 12 hours later. Oh, yeah. That's so beautiful. That's a beautiful story. Dude, you know, I, Christ is so beautiful. Christmas is so beautiful. They actually stopped killing each other for like for a full 24 hours to exchange gifts and shake hands and drink eggnog and laugh. And then as soon as the time ran out, they just point blank put revolvers to each other's skulls and blew each other's fucking brains out. Beautiful. It was a beautiful Christmas. Uh, and it really reminds you of the true spirit of Christmas. You don't know that story. I think I guess I don't, I, I'm getting well, it wrong. It's, it's a testament to the fact that like the normal dudes on the ground that were having to do all the killing didn't want to do it. It was, upper management basically like forcing them at gunpoint to kill each other is kind oh, of the, it, the, the it thing a, behind it that's okay that really that has a, that rings a lot of uh what's it is uh you know world war ii kind of like i mean well it was a command what was i supposed to do <laughs> yeah i dude i i oh my god the, the something that's just been like a, just a brain worm that I can't get rid of is like, have you seen the the previews for the new like Steven Spielberg World War Two series that's coming out? No, I haven't. It's called like Masters of the Sky or Masters of the Air, but it's kind of like a Band of Brothers type thing that follows pilots in World War Two. And we're like going through Netflix the other day, turn on Netflix and immediately like the first thing that pops up is like another world war two something or other with Mark Ruffalo and Nazi dude, everything, every single thing that they produce is like, like, Oh, Nazi Germany, Nazi Germany, Nazi Germany, Nazi Germany. It's like, because that's, that's the clean conflict. It's like, the cleanest that's the one that like, well, the bad guys are irredeemable and we don't have to like 
that we don't have to give like any sort of like perspective here or anything on it. Like it's just that side was bad. We killed them. We're good. That's it. Like, and they only ever cover like the European theater. Like they don't cover anything in, you know, the Pacific theater, which, you know, I mean, you want to just like compare notes on like atrocities, like Imperial Japan, what they did to China, every bit as bad as what the, the Germans did in, you know, to, to, Jews throughout Europe and like to all sorts of different communities. But like you never really see anything about that. And then like every other conflict, like there's no there's no none of them are clean like World War Two is where there's like this clear cut bad guy. So like we just keep getting these like Hollywood stylized romanticized series about world war ii as if like oh yeah man remember when we were the good guys and it was indisputable at one time when like we went and slayed the dragon and this and that and the other like well i know that's only half the conflict we don't have to talk about the other half you know where we nuked a couple of cities and this and that (laughs) like it's god it makes me i i just it's hard to stomach like That's why knowing... I can't do any of that stuff. It's not for me. I can't do any war, anything. I'm just, I don't find it an entertaining form of film or media at all. Nothing about it sticks out to me. I remember I liked it when I was younger. I watched Saving Private Ryan, Black Hawk Down, uh, the one where Mel Gibson degloves somebody's leg after they got burnt in a fucking firebomb campaign. Oh, yeah. We were soldiers. We were soldiers. That one fucking, that. That is the mo- that one stuck out to me more than. Do anything. you know that? You know, in the 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 Korean War, we killed twenty percent of the population of North Korea. Holy I shit! Mean, as I'm saying we twenty percent of the population of North Korea died in the Korean War. That's crazy. We dude. dropped. I mean, just. An, an insane amount of bombs on a country that had no air force, you know, like that's, that's the thing though, is like, you don't get movies about that. I mean, you did back then when it was like post nine 11 and everything was rah, rah America, you know, put the yellow sticker on your car, or this and that and the other. And like, there's nothing. It's not that like, you can't appreciate like what, soldiers did during those things and like it is it is admirable like the things that they did and like the fact that they made sacrifices and stuff like that to go you know fight in these foreign theaters and whatnot but like it's irritating to me that there's like one conflict where we can paint this like romantic picture of how great we were and slaying the bad guy and stuff like that when like god ever since then like we've been at war basically since the end of world war ii they don't produce anything about any of the other conflicts because they're not clean and they're not tidy. And so they don't uh, make Black a good Hawk Marvel Down. movie. Yeah. Post nine 11. That's a great, you know, you could, you could just skip all of the, like, uh, you know, cliff notes on like the background info on all of those conflicts at that point, but you can't do that anymore. I, no, I don't know. I, I should just shut up, but like, <laughs> it's just irritating to me. It's like, like every time I turn on Netflix, there's like another World War II thing about Nazis, and it's like, God, you guys, like, freaking Hollywood, can you give it a rest? <laughs> it sells, dog. I that's how I feel about Marvel movies. 
I mean, that's why in Star Wars, you only shoot stormtroopers with masks on or aliens like they never kill like or very rarely. It's an event if you kill someone that has like no mask on and they show their face and they're a human, you know, like only really the bad guys are the only ones that really do that regularly. Everybody else is like a nameless, faceless blob that you don't have to feel anything about. You don't have to think about the ramifications of what it's just, I don't know. I go on forever, but like, are you ready? Anyways, tell me about a Christmas movie. All right, here we go. A Royal date for Christmas and uh, surprise. It, it doesn't have anything to do with the Royal family. That's starring Danica McKellar and Damon Runyon. Runyon rhymes with Funyon. Wow. Uh, Hollywood A-listers. When a European Duke arrives in the United States, he realizes, oh my God, that his bags have been lost in transit. He has no choice but to be styled and ultimately inspired by Bella, the owner of a local boutique. (laughs) Because they lost this comb? This Duke lost his bags and instead of using his giant ass fucking fortune because he's a Duke to get a decent hotel and have clothes tailored to his exact size (laughs) delivered to his penthouse suite, he goes to some like, I'm guessing, I'm guessing some like mid-level middle America type like uh, boutique where she styles himself. Brushes his teeth. Yeah. Um, is it to be styled? Is that, I'm guessing maybe she, he's going to get a new suit from this person. Like, uh, I'm guessing styled has to do with getting some suits uh, tailored. Maybe it doesn't say tailored. Is it like a roadside massage. Is he getting a haircut? They like sponge bathe you on a table. Yeah. <laughs> uh, he he goes to get t- styled and ultimately inspired by a happy ending. <laughs> Well, I wonder uh, how this royal tips this royal that's like too cheap to buy and you like stick a deodorant like <laughs> does he does he actually pay her or is like his presence and going on a date like is that literally the only way that she could get paid was to like pretend to marry him yeah he obviously uh, uh, sparks fly and he asks her out and uh, she's totally infatuated by his European accent and his uh, excessive amount of wealth. So she agrees to go to an Outback Steakhouse with him. Man, remember when this used to be like, like there was a few actresses that made this movie over and over again, like Jennifer Lopez and uh, Reese Witherspoon and uh, Goldie Hawn's daughter. I can't think of what her name is. Kate Han. Ah, I, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> so there was like such a rash of these movies, though, like How to Lose a Guy in 10 Days and Made in Manhattan. And oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Unforgiven. OK, I, I, have, I don't dude, know. <laughs> I, dude, I actually thought I lost you. So I have like the uh, the movies up in front of me and you and when you went silent i was like i had to go back to the uh video feed i'm like did i lose casey (laughs) all right ready here we go this one is not notable nothing to have fun with this is boring as fuck period piece type shit not period piece. that would be like 1800s this is just spanning generations god damn they don't have the budget for that uh it's starring natasha burr which makes me think that perhaps this is like 
Candace getting her children roles in movies because, you know, generational wealth and, uh, and all that fun stuff. It's like, you don't have to, it's like, uh, it's like Will Smith's kids getting acting roles. Like there's no reason for that. They never would have been able to, had they not been born into the right family, real fun stuff. I like think that. the Smiths consider that family therapy to yeah. make like a piece <laughs> of garbage blockbuster together. <laughs> God, uh, though, uh, Christmas for the ages <laughs> prompted by their youngest granddaughter four generations celebrate family and what and what Christmas was like in the 40s, 60s, 90s and present day. I can't think of something that sounds more fucking boring than that. Because this is going to be what it, two hours plus commercials and you're going to span Six, seven, eight decades, eight decades of Christmas and what it's like in all the it's like you're going to squeeze it into 90 minutes of discount Hallmark. God damn, that's going to be awful. It's like the little girls like grandpa, what was what was your first Christmas with grandma like? And she's he's like, well. I was a guard in an internment camp, and your grandma was Japanese. <laughs> uh, this next one's really exciting for me because I didn't know uh, that I haven't heard this name in quite some time. But the next one is <laughs> Christmas on Windmill Way. But it is starring. Somehow sounds more boring. Yeah. It's starring Chad Michael Murray. He was one of the characters. He was one of the actors in One Tree Hill. Uh, for man, what else was he in? Seasons at One Tree Hill. I, I know I that know name, but is that just from him being a dreamboat? Yeah, he was. Um, he was a handsome man. I look him up. I just looked him up. Why does uh, nobody ever refer to women as dreamboats? He was in Freaky. Wow. He was in Freaky Friday, A Cinderella Story with Hilary Duff, Gilmore Girls, House of Wax. He did some horror movies. Oh, dude, this is like our generation of like teen content here. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but so he's in this. It's uh, and the plot is that to save her family's legacy windmill, a woman must remind her ex-boyfriend Michael Murray of the best of their hometown. So I'm guessing Michael is some like real estate tycoon that wants to take over their struggling windmill. Uh, he's about to foreclose on them. And this woman, Taylor Brown has to suck his dick. So he doesn't ruin the family legacy. Uh, that's what I get kind of windmill is this. I, <laughs> I get that it's family friendly, but like, let's be real. If, if the woman has to remind her ex boyfriend of their the best of the hometown. So he doesn't come in and destroy the legacy of their hometown windmill. He's that just, that has, um, that has power over vibes big time. That has, uh, yeah, <laughs> not great. Not he's, great, but he's we can make it, it out of there. We'll make it romantic. Dude. What, what? Okay. So what kind of windmill could this be? This has, to, this can't be a modern windmill. That's like, you know, a, a power generation device, unless oh, it's like green, powering dude. a giant, like neon all lives matter sign. <laughs> <laughs> it's the one windmill in town that still functionally grinds grain. And without it, they don't get to eat bread in their town forever. 
But without the windmill, how will I get my bone meal? It's the, it, it, it single-handedly keeps Wonder Bread in business. <laughs> oh right. man, this sounds awful. I hate this like feel goody. Yeah, garbage. this this is this is this sucks. All of these suck. Uh I feel like we need a rapid fire around these uh, at okay. this point. Um all right, next one. The jingle <laughs> The titles are just so bad. Oh, uh Christmas on Windmill Way airs on Saturday, December second. Gear up. Uh, Jingle Bell Jubilee airs Sunday, December 3rd. Oh, and by far the worst name so far. That's yes. that is terrible. Jingle Bell Jubilee. Uh, something tells me that this Jubilee isn't the one where they um eliminate all debts and free the slaves in a bib- as in the uh, biblical sense of Jubilee, but we'll find out. <laughs> The city manager. Oh, the city manager employs slaves and he's going to have to let them go. I bet that's what's going to happen. Uh, a city manager recruits the help of a childhood friend in setting right his town's Christmas charity event while she sets to work setting him up with her close friend. Hmm. What do you think kind of charity event is it? Uh, it's. I mean, it's a Christmas charity. They're giving presents to underprivileged kids, for sure. Hmm. I guess I was thinking more like sweepstakes. They're That's giving what I had in my head. Like, like the 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 person who kisses this, you know, tracker bass boat, the longest gets to keep it. <laughs> Whoever drinks the most water without dying gets a free like PlayStation Five. <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> I mean, if anything, it's a free turkey dinner. It's a, uh, I mean, unless they make a bunch of like a bunch of uh, orphans brawl for the best gifts, maybe that's the case. I just saw this news story about uh, these two people who ran a daycare, uh, or sorry, they worked for a daycare and they were arrested because they were making toddlers fight each other. <laughs> Dude, I've for sure seen that news story before in the past. Like, yeah. is, that oh, a, yeah. is that an epidemic? Are, are daycares just like mini fight clubs? Because clearly if, repetitive. Uh, so maybe that's I, a charity would, event. Just I'd watch that. Kids fighting so that way their parents, uh, it's like, the kids in it, their parents work for this the um, the city manager, and he makes the children fight so their parents can have Christmas Day off and they can have a family time together. That's actually fun because it's like the heritage of it. You know, you could do a flashback where like their grandpas used to like raise chickens to fight each other, but now like that's inhumane. We got to have toddlers like do MMA. You got it, man. Oh God! I just lost my. Uh... I'm the. I want to be the Michael Vick of like first graders. <laughs> Michael. <laughs> so you can like apologize and jumpstart your career five years later, and that's that's the payoff. <laughs> I don't want it to be like everyone karate match you because though. you're good at throwing, uh, at catching a ball, or whatever the fuck. What? Well, how fun would it be to have like a you know a, a mini coliseum with nothing but like kindergartners in there, you know? And you give them traditional weapons, like you know, one guy gets a chariot with like the sword wheels, and the other guy gets a net and a trident, and you but just kind of let you them like pump uh, 
You, you pump house cats with adrenaline and put lines mains on them. <laughs> <laughs> That's a situation you could easily lose control of, though. Yeah. I, I would yeah. be really frightened of a house I, cat like if that. You, if you put me in a pit with like two house cats pumped full of adrenaline, I would be scared for my life, dude. <laughs> if, you, if you could train a cat, to attack intruders it would be so much more intimidating than like a guard dog yeah dude oh god (laughs) if somebody if somebody broke your window they like reach through unlock the door and step into your foyer and the first thing they hear is (laughs) they're like what is that (laughs) dude they're getting out of there nobody's sticking around yeah. <laughs> That'd be so sick. I love that idea. All right, Casey, meet me under the mistletoe. This is this is fun. This is I honestly this feels like Time and be, place. I hope that they take this and they turn it into an HGTV original series. This is uh two rival realtors are forced to work together to sell one special house before Christmas. And I bet you anything that those two rival realtors end up falling in love. That's boring as fuck. Yeah, that sounds awful. Who wants to who wants to hear from realtors right now? Yeah, it's like middle of a housing crisis. Everything's super inflated. Like it's just like two twenty somethings like listening to uh, Jocko Wilnick and fighting over who gets to sell like a starter box for six hundred thousand dollars. Yeah. Like this is a one bedroom, one bath starter home for seven hundred and fifty thousand dollars in downtown Los Angeles. <laughs> and if we sell this together, we get to fuck. That's a great that's a great family story. Right on the front step. You split commission and then you split them cheeks. <laughs> what uh, was your what was your idea of mistletoe when you were like a kid? Oh, I mean that you're supposed to kiss under it. I thought I mean, I knew what it was. It was just but I thought it was weird. Did you think uh, that you like someday crazy. there might be some hanging over a door and you might get to kiss the girl that you liked? She might no, have dude. to kiss you was- for tradition's sake. I, I think I was legitimately worried about that as a concept, like the, the embarrassment feel. Because like, if you were standing under a doorway and there was mistletoe and the girl, even if I liked her and I was like young enough, I would have been like, like if I was 12 and it was like people pointed out, oh, the mistletoe, you got a kiss. I would have just just shat myself with anxiety. I would it would have been the worst feeling ever like i wouldn't have committed to it i wouldn't have gone for it even if she would have been like i guess we got to i would have just i would have chickened out that would have been my like your uncle ben from earlier like chugs over there and pulls you underneath yeah (laughs) (laughs) gotta kiss your uncle how much worse is the idea of like him like grabbing you and 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 doing like a dip like a ballroom dancer and Uh, is there something you're trying to tell us about your childhood, Casey? <laughs> Absolutely nothing. <laughs> we got four more movies. Let's get let's do these. All right, here we go. Powering through. Peppermints and post. <laughs> the, the names are getting what? progressively worse. <laughs> Peppermints and postcards, starring Ella Cannon and Christopher Russell. 
the worst yeah. kind of candy meets the worst kind of male. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's it, dude. <laughs> Circus peanuts. <laughs> Jiffy Lubats. It's like it, it's it's circus peanuts and prayer chain emails. <laughs> come come down to Smithville Ford and see if this key unlocks. <laughs> it's yeah, it's a, it's a letter from your local dealership telling you that you could get up to $70,000 for your 2007 Honda Civic. <laughs> <laughs> you show up and it's like, well, we, we said you could get up to, but... Yeah, maybe. We didn't know that you didn't buy the factory floor mats. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you did miss that one oil change at 30,000 miles. Dude, the ploy from like the junk mail dealers now is to send you a little gift. Like, I don't know what April gave money to, but <laughs> we get like three times a week we get a we get like a, a letter from some like wildlife charity and they send us like pages and pages of those little like ready made address stickers to put on letters. We have a lifetime supply of those from like the World Wildlife Fund or something like that. You know, like 15 different wildlife charities and like I'm never giving them anything. And like I, I wish I could call someone and tell them like no one sends letters anymore, dude. Like they <laughs> we don't nobody needs these. They, I can't I'm imagine just gonna return. throw if you keep sending me these, I'm gonna make a special trip to throw them in the ocean. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'm I'm actually gonna find a turtle and I'm gonna get a toothpick and I'm gonna shove it up that turtle's nose. <laughs> what is peppermints and postcards about? <laughs> okay, <laughs> it's it, I don't actually get it. I really don't. It's when a Christmas letter concerning her love life. Oh, sorry, whoa, restart. The inflection wasn't correct. When a Christmas letter concerning her love life goes viral, one mom discovers that romance might be right at her door. Is this that like a revenge nothing, porn thing? Yeah. <laughs> it doesn't that doesn't mean anything. So that's the only thing that goes viral about someone's love life now. Yeah. It's just like your angry a, ex posted your your penis pictures no, on she's, smut.com or something. <laughs> she's a teacher in one of her uh, 11th grade students found out she has an OnlyFans. <laughs> that has to happen. That has just, to happen pretty often. Now. I, no, yeah, regularly. I just saw an article about how, so there was in my area ish, I guess, uh, there was a news story about a, a teacher who had an OnlyFans. And, you know, she was still teaching and doing OnlyFans because OnlyFans was supplemental income. But when the news story broke, it, you know, it goes out to everyone. And since in the last like seven or eight months since the news story broke, I saw an article about how her old she's made over a million. <laughs> she's made over a million dollars in OnlyFans since oh my God. since the story broke. So it's like that. I mean, the best thing that could happen what is to this you, hell that we live in. I know. <laughs> the, uh, 
the absolute best thing that can happen to you is to get caught as a teacher with your OnlyFans. Clown country. I love it. <laughs> That's what this place is. It's America, dude. This is the, the American dream. Forge your own path, dude. All right. <sighs> Three more. Designing Christmas with <laughs> the names. Designing Christmas with you is the actual title of a movie. It's the same as the real estate one, but they're graph they're interior designers. Yeah. <laughs> guess they're architects competing for a bid on a new skyscraper. Uh with her career on the line, a decorator must work with an unexpected partner to showcase a house for an upcoming Christmas gala. So they can presumably sell it, just like the last movie. You were pretty spot on. Uh, that it was just like the last. What do you think so unexpected about him? Um, he's a schlub. Maybe he has like an ankle monitor. <laughs> I mean, I don't know what could be unexpected. Uh, I feel like these are the most predictable kinds of movies that have ever existed. So he's, he's uh, Brendan Fraser from the whale. That, that's it, dude. It's unexpected is that he's like 30 pounds overweight and not a total 10. <laughs> He looks like Kevin James in that little meme that's going around forever. That's what's so unexpected. He was one of those show Bob's guys from Instagram. <laughs> he commented on her OnlyFans picture. Show Vagine. He just has a he has an, an Instagram page dedicated to reviewing action figures. <laughs> He does unboxing videos for vapes. <laughs> He's one of the vape go- He does vape tricks. You think he drives a, a, a Chrysler 300? Almost I, guaranteed, I mean, if, right? If not, like the absolute opposite. He's driving a, a Jeep Wrangler, a four-door Jeep. No, what's the Jeep truck? Uh, he drives that for Gladiator. Second. Yeah. If you, if you own one of those, you vape 100% of the time. <laughs> And for uh, right. and for our Jeep Gladiator driving vape audience, you know you can butt chug vapes, right? <laughs> you just have to learn to pull rather than push. It's like a trumpet player. I'm not sure I'm with you on that. I've never. Uh, I, hmm. I've been watching. You know what you I've been watching? Air into your butthole. I get it. I just don't know. I'm curious. I guess I have a lot of questions. Well, it takes a lot of muscle control. You know. <laughs> It's just more, it feels like it'd be more of a relaxation thing, but hmm. it's uh, it's less of a hobby and more of a discipline. That's what I would say. That's how you that's how you meditate. You just open <laughs> yeah, your butt I just, cheeks. I just try to air into your butthole. I just try to pull Diet Mountain Dew in rectally. <laughs> your uh, your meditation process is like just peaceful sucking air up your asshole. Gets you ready to start the day. I All just right. listened to. Oh, di- uh, okay. So, real quick, fun fact. So, I've been watching a lot of old episodes of Survivor Man with Survivor Man. Yeah, not Survivor, like the game show Survivor Man. A different Survivor show. Man. He's like if Bear Grylls wasn't a a turd. Rod. 
he like goes out in the wilderness by himself and survives. And he's like, I, uh, I only packed a broken flashlight, two pieces of tissue paper and this like bubble gum and a sock to come in. Exactly. That kind of thing. Hmm. But if you're very dehydrated in a survival situation, you can butt chug water and rehydrate that way. And because you're not drinking it, like it can be somewhat dirty water, like rather, I don't know what, to what extent this is. So don't try it at home until you do research, (laughs) right? But like, do your own research. If you can't boil the water and you don't know, like, you know, that it's completely clean, you can butt chug it. I, I am only marginally certain that this is true. But I get a I I do want to look up this because the my only real understanding of butt chugging or the first time (laughs) I heard about butt chugging was in relation to alcohol because it gets you drunk faster. Yes, don't do that. I don't. I don't know that that I don't know anything about whether or not that's true. That could be a myth for all I know. Um, No, it's true. People soak tampons in them and then put them in their butts, and sometimes they die. (laughs) Holy from shit. alcohol poisoning it, it's weird that your body that you're that just like just above your sphincter sucks in all that like moisture because i feel like the moisture separation happens earlier on as like you know some stuff is filtered and you end up having to pee and the the solids are pushed through your uh colon and then eventually you shit your like you shit so like i'm curious as to like if you if if you don't shit for a while, I get that you could get constipated, but I don't feel like you're like really dehydrating your shits that bad by not shitting. <laughs> so like, I'm very curious about this from a medical perspective. Look, I, do I, I get that more. you want to ask questions, and I respect the fact that you want to learn more. I but I'm telling you that now is not the time for me to answer those questions. I think that's, we that's what we what really need you. is to get a, uh, we need to find a proctologist who is willing to come on the podcast to answer these questions. <laughs> what, what items are safe for me to, to, uh, for <laughs> rectal inhalation? I actually would be fascinating. I would love to talk to a proctologist about this. Um, maybe I'll, uh, start looking out and see if I can find one. What? Okay. Top of your head. What like potable, safe to consume items would be the least? What would you be least likely to uh, to butt chug? Least likely? I mean, I don't. I would only pick something that was advantageous to the scenario. So, like, if I wanted to get drunk, it seems like butt chugging alcohol would would be a good move. Can you, uh, you know? stick a nugget of weed up your asshole and get high. I mean, I'm just, I have a I lot think of you questions. have to smoke it, right? Like you have to smoke it in order to get the, to access the nutrients. I guess so. <laughs> I mean, but you can eat it. You can eat it and get high. Can you stick it in your but asshole? You have to like bake it, right? You can't just like eat a, a flower and then get high off of it. Like you have to, it's about them cannabinoids and you got to cook them. Yeah, Apparently. you got to extract the oils. I don't know, dude. We're getting Just say hot weeds. sauce. What's wrong with you? <laughs> Fruit snacks. Fruit snacks. <laughs> Just one at a time. Great. So what kind of Christmas movies? We grapefruit snacks. <laughs> Least likely to butt chug grapefruit snacks. Uh, all right, two more. 
Uh, 12 Games of Christmas, starring Johnny Ramey and Felicia Cooper. In 12 Games of Christmas, a group of old friends and neighbors are transported into a Christmas-themed board game during Christmas during a Christmas party. Okay, it's holiday so this is like Yeah, I was going to say, it's like a December lock-in Jumanji <laughs> at the church. <laughs> what an insane concept. I don't even, I mean, it's, that's it. It's just, it's Jumanji for Christmas nerds who like family friendly content. I'm curious as to what happens at this Christmas themed board game. It's like Candyland. Is it Candyland? <laughs> they have to walk through a fucking molasses swamp. Does any <laughs> gloppy potential... dude, you don't want to get stuck. <laughs> you don't want gloppy catching you. <laughs> <laughs> is there any potential risk to life or is it all just fun and games? Where they just like fuck on a bed of gumdrops. Dude, the licorice guy, he had like an Uncle Ben sort of energy to him. I would not sit on his lap. I I actually play Candyland pretty regularly at, because I'm an adjustment counselor <laughs> for first grade for preschool through first grade students. And uh we have some students that their whole objective and goal is to work on taking turns. And not throwing things across the room when they lose. So we play Candyland regularly. And I don't actually know all the characters in it pretty well. Be but careful. I'm going to... Don't land on Lenny the Licorice Pedophile. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Uh, let's just let's roll this one out. Last one. A royal Christmas holiday. This is when like the prince Didn't whatever. Didn't we already do this? No, this is a different one. Was this is the the duke that needed somebody to brush his teeth for him? <laughs> no, this is where like a a creepy molesty prince has sex with your children. <laughs> He's got that brave heart rule going on. It's he uh, gets the first crack. <laughs> In search of her big break. Oh God, that's a that's not a great way to start. If she's no. in search of her big break, I'm hoping she doesn't find it in all the wrong places. Uh, a reporter arranges a Christmas interview with a European prince visiting the States. Will the reporter's big story become her love story? He's like, uh, maybe he's like Christian Grey meets uh, Vlad the Impaler sort of character. <laughs> and he's going to put her so, through some sort of like hostile style, uh, you know, sexual obstacle course. I think the most traditional thing about this network is they don't give a fuck about power dynamics. They're just, they're just fine. They really don't. Maybe that's the whole, that's, that's the crux of hometown values. Yeah. It's fucking your boss, getting fucked by your boss and thinking you fall in love because you're, it's just a whole, um, uh, what's that? What's the Stockholm syndrome? It's just, it's romantic Stockholm syndrome. The media company. Yeah, it's it's what do I got to do to get the big scoop? Yeah. <laughs> Yikes. Well, that's that exciting. Fun. Why? Okay, I will subscribe to this channel if they start making horror movies. Oh my god. That's what I want. So boring. Like I would love to hear I would love to watch some like Christian horror movies. And I'm saying that but I rule I I want to rule out preemptively all of the rapture movies because that's been done to death. I mean, Christian horror movies would be fine. Uh, I mean, they'd all be like 
you know, Rosemary's baby and shit like that. It's just demon possession. You could argue that any demon movie, The Omen, whatever, that you could argue that's a Christian horror movie. That's I want to so, say I want to see it written by like fat Midwesterners though. Right. So at the end like it's just like all the tropes that you would expect from growing up in evangelicalism. Yeah, it's basically like Jason Aldean the movie. Cuz right now every every horror movie related to demons and Christianity is always Catholic. I want to move it into um I want to move it into uh like um what oh my uh, not, not episcopal what's the evangelical the, no the the exuberant ones holy shit oh pentecostal thank you oh my god I don't, that my would be really exciting because it'd be like oh this this light socket's demon possessed and they're like no you just blew a breaker yeah and in the name of christ you flop the breaker and boom it, it starts working again they live they live a horror movie every day they really literally do. conquering demons like three times a day but i also feel i mean people getting slain in the spirit you're just like and they're trying to exercise demons on the regular it's like it's not working bring in the snake and then they just like try to like have a snake <laughs> bite you and then they pray over that like there's just so much weird shit you could do if it was on the Pentecost, which I, you know what? Okay. Here's a throwback. I guess we could be, we might be getting our first quote unquote Christian horror movie. Um, uh, Tyler Eaton, who, uh, did the, um, the Christian, the horror movie about the youth pastors who were accidentally brought in a demon that Alyssa, uh, was in. Oh yeah. Alyssa Saibo was in that. Did yeah. that come out? It hasn't yet, but I've, I've been seeing some more stuff float around about it. I'm really excited for when it does. I know he's entered it into some festivals and stuff like that. I'm really excited for whatever comes next because we'll share a whole bunch about it. It seems like it should be somewhat soon. I don't know if the writer's strike and everything shutting down had anything to do with stopping things like that from happening. I know that was pre-writer's strike, but during the writer's strike, it felt like everything kind of just stopped. So Yeah, the studios caved and put a Bowflex in the like break room at each of the studios <laughs> or something but uh well i forget what i i i'm kicking myself for not recalling the uh name of the the movie right now there was a jewish uh demon movie oh yeah i can't remember what it was called but it had negan from uh the walking dead in it mysterious ways sorry i just looked it up i had to throw it out there mysterious ways written and directed by tyler eaton um and Alyssa sabo and i'm looking forward to that anyway sorry yeah make some horror movies great american family yeah they won't they're scared. they will not they're so scared be like what's happening to this country on a daily basis is horror movie enough for me they like the the first great american family media horror movie is just like a cop being held accountable for his actions. <laughs> <laughs> we checked out episode or issues of Cosmopolitan from the school library. <laughs> it's like a kid just checking out Goosebumps books. Oh, so scary. That's it. Well, that was fun. And uh, we wish Great American Family well. We, we hope this is a big success and that 
you know, hopefully we'll get Candace Cameron Burr on the podcast someday for agents stop turning us down. That'd be nice. Who who owns Great American Family? Is it? Uh, it's not uh, Kirk Cameron. No, it's not. It was someone who left Hallmark to open this thing. Uh, I'm not sure. I forget his name. We talked about it two weeks ago on the last episode we did. If it's a big success, he's gonna buy Little St. James. It's it won't be. It's, this is not gonna be a big thing. I mean, it'll it'll make its money back and be what they want it to be. I feel like that's a pretty safe bet. I feel like they hedged him pretty good. Yeah. We'll see. We will see. Well, um, if you like the podcast, share it with a buddy. Send it to your friends. We would really appreciate, uh, you know, any recommendations that you can give us to people you know. Uh, we were just talking. I, we were we were lamenting the fact that social media doesn't basically just promote the podcast on its own. Uh, it does not do that. <laughs> so we're no. we're heavily reliant on people like you. If you like the show, sharing it with some friends of yours and uh, and spreading the good word. We do appreciate it. Um, we did you can just also get leave a, a recent five star review from uh, uh, you know, we simped for it in the last couple of weeks. Someone did leave one. That means a lot. Don't let this person be the only one. Keep it going. We need those reviews, baby. Yeah, jump in there. And Let's do uh, it. It's easy. You should join the Discord. You should do it. It's in our uh, link tree on our Instagram profile. But uh, come on in. The water's fine. Other than that, thanks for listening. And we will see you next time.